ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dynasty Junkies, episode 140 of the Dynasty Junkies coming at you tonight. I am your host, Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF with me in the side seat, the uh, the sidecar of this amazing clown circus we've got tonight. The one and only Rocky Petrella. How are you tonight, Rocky? Doing good, doing good. Excited for tonight's show. It's uh, been, a, been a few weeks again since I've been on. I keep seeming to be in and out, so uh, I'm happy to be back on with you, Andrew. And looking forward to the night. Yeah, it's always a good time and we can finally talk football for the first time in weeks. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we're always talking anyway. Who are you, who are we talking about? Yeah. Um, but tonight we've got a good one for you. We're gonna be talking about some rookie draft strategies and just some draft strategies in general. Obviously, the the NFL draft is coming up. The uh Dap Network is doing a uh, live pod kind of, you know, live streaming kind of an event, which I think will be a lot of fun. But after that, we're right into rookie draft season. And I think that's where things really get kind of fun. Uh, where the metal meets the road, uh, where there's a whole bunch of other, you know, analogies we can put together. But that's when it really matters. And when it matters, when you're talking rookie drafts, there was really no one else I could think of to bring on for this because we don't do enough when it comes to auctions. And one of my favorite auction people out there is Drew Davenport tonight with us. How are you tonight, Drew? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's a pleasure. I know we just saw each other what about a week or two ago, uh, when we were you know hanging out at Chris's house, enjoying some uh, some good old poker time there. That was a lot of fun. Came down to the last three was you, me, and Bosch, which was surprising to all three of us that I was in the last three, uh, and then I promptly lost most of that back after you guys left. It was awesome, but so oh, you did. Time. You stayed for the cash game, huh? I couldn't help it, man. There was so much money in that cash game too. I was like, I'll give it a try, and then I go all in and lose. It was awesome. I'm terrible at poker. You know this. Speaking um, of poker, if I remember correctly, weren't weren't you at the final table at the expo, Drew? I was. I was. Unfortunately, flamed out in fourth, <laughs> which was one shy of the um Jamar Chase autograph football, oh, which uh, I was sauced uh, a little salty about, but that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay though. That's okay. There's always next year. Uh speaking I held of Ace next King year. to Queen Jack, and I can't really ask for more than that. Oh, you got you got to win when you can win, and sometimes you can't. I, I totally. Agree. But speaking <laughs> yeah. of next year, I want to make sure we talk about this right up at the top here. Uh, I know that you're you were kind of the one that helped put that together for the for the expo last year. You're doing it again this year, right? Why don't you tell people what's going on there before we get into this? Well, I'm going to sound um, snotty here, but let me correct the record. Uh, I did not help put it together. I put the entire thing together, <laughs> so <laughs> I had zero help. So it was it was quite an undertaking. I'm looking to streamline that a little bit this year, maybe cut out some of the stuff that made it so difficult. Uh, the hotel really kind of took us for a ride with the mm. 
the menu and we had to order off the catering menu and all that stuff and it was just kind of silly so we're looking at some different things to do but yes we're absolutely running it again this year the thing everyone needs to be aware of it's only going to have 54 seats last year we had 60 and or 63 and then i took like people who were standing around hanging out and wanted to play and they paid i took them um we're not doing that so it's going to be for charity we're going to have a defined 54 seats it will go fast so once i announce that it's going get in there or you will not get a seat i I was just gonna say i had a buddy that was at the the the, actually one of the guys i was staying with uh, down there in in a airbnb that was at the final table and we were waiting quite a while for him to to get done (laughs) to finish up there so uh yeah yeah, i know it did go on quite a bit (laughs) it did we're we're going to go an hour earlier so instead of one o'clock i think we're gonna start at noon um, and then limiting the number of buy-ins. So I think we ended up having probably 65 or more um, stacks in play, whereas we're only at 54 this time. Um, so I'm doing a couple things to make sure that everyone's done by around 5, 5.30 this time instead yeah. of get going on until 7 or 7.30. Nice. Now that'll be fun. Hopefully I can make it. I haven't figured out exactly yet what my plan is for leaving and all that, but that's why I'm just excited to be there. Whenever I get there, it's going to be a good time. And I guess, Rocky, I don't know if I've heard officially. Are you definitely going next year? 95% yes. I, I'll I take it. That's a I yes. don't have a ticket already, but I, I am planning on going. Well, anyone who's listening, if you're on the fence or like Rocky, 95% but haven't bought a ticket, go ahead and buy that ticket, man. I'm telling you, it's a great time. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, as soon as I was on the car heading home last year, I was like, man, I can't wait till next year. Uh, it was it's just so such a great fun. time. Oh, yeah. we had so much fun. That, Parking lot tailgates. I'm telling and you, that's even be the even thing. if you think like you're not a person that, that like, like like I'm a bit of despite being on a couple of different podcasts, I'm a bit of an introvert introvert socially, and I was kind of nervous about it. And I, you get there and you feel like you know everybody. It's just it's just a blast. If if you're into this whole fantasy dynasty scene, Twitter, all that stuff, it's once you get out there, everyone's just so friendly, and you just start talking to everybody. And it, it's even if you're not a big talker, it's just it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. You'll, I felt like everybody was excited yeah. to be there. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. So anyway, again, anybody who's into poker, if you're into uh, karaoke, if you're into the hall of fame, like there's so much stuff to do, it's going to be even bigger and better this year. I know Bob Lung is doing a great job of putting that all together. So cornhole tournament, cornhole yeah. tournament again. That's right. That's right. That was a good time. Just hanging out on the lawn, drinking with everybody. That was awesome. I mean, just, so yeah, much me, stuff. Me and going Andrew on. had a uh, tailgate at the after the uh, fantasy football, the, not fantasy football, the uh, flag football. Uh, Easily the highlight there, of the yeah. weekend. Yeah, <laughs> just literally four hours of drinking beer out of my trunk. It was yes. I would never replace that. That <laughs> was so fun. great. So yes, anyone who, if you're listening to this, if you want to know, I will get you a beer. Let's go. Let's go do it. It'll be great as long as you're over 21. I got to be careful. As long as you're of legal <laughs> yes. drinking age, I will buy you a beer. Let's because we got a lawyer on the show. I got to be careful. Um, <laughs> I I ain't no prosecutor, man. Damn right. I guess. Well, maybe that's the best time to put it. Like say stuff is when I got my lawyer on the show. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's kind of get into some of the news. Obviously, we want to get into some of the rookie draft strategy stuff like we talked about. But I put some things on the show sheet that were kind of newsworthy. But really, it's just like this is the calm before the storm. The draft is the news. You know, everything is mock draft season. You got speculation all around. But the only two things I put on here was the chosen Anderson signed by me at Miami. I don't think that really matters, but if he's on a waiver wire, he might be worth picking up and dropping like Deion Jackson or one of those other guys that's a scrub on the bottom of your bench. So just thought I'd mention the name again. used to be Robbie Anderson, now goes by Chosen Anderson. And then the bigger one, which I think is bigger just because it's a bigger name, who some people remember, was Allen Robinson got traded to Pittsburgh for a seventh-round pick swap. Like, 
basically giving him away, which I thought was almost insulting. If I was Alan Robinson, I'd be like, Oh God, that's almost like you're accepting money to trade me. It was really weird, but he is now officially on Pittsburgh. I mean, I don't, I don't think it hurts Pittsburgh. I mean, again, they, they have a, a solid ish team, I guess with the uh, Pickens and, and Johnson. I don't think that hurts either of them, but I know Rocky, you're a pretty big Johnson fan or, are you still a Deontay fan? Maybe I'm not sure about that. Does this change anything for you on Pittsburgh? No, I, I am still a Deontay fan. I, I just think he's super talented, and, and, and the situation was not great last year. Hopefully, Pickett improves. But uh, Alan, Alan Robinson, yeah, that's sorry. No, <laughs> I'm just, right. I'm just, yeah. It's I think given age, given this production the last couple of years, uh, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool. Me. Fool me twice, shame on you. That whole thing. I'm yeah. just saying that backwards. But um, <laughs> and this would be fooling me three times. So yeah, I I, I was I was all in on, on Alan Robinson in in LA, and it did not work out. And this is a much not much, but significantly worse situation than than what he had going into uh to LA. So I, I'm not a big picket fan. I. Deontay Johnson and Pickens are both younger and better. So I, I at this point in their careers, so I, I just, yeah, I, there, there's no dynasty value there. there. I don't think there's that much NFL value even. Maybe he, uh, you know, catches a few balls as a solid third wide receiver, but I have no interest. I would agree. You said way more than I even would have about this, but Drew, <laughs> just so that I'm being clear, Drew, do you have any opinion on Allen Robinson in Pittsburgh? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm with Rocky. I feel the same way. You know, I was actually just looking um, today at the uh, TD rates because I love looking at what guys had outlier seasons, either high or low, on on TD percentage. And Kenny Pickett, uh, 33rd in the league uh, with a 1.8% TD rate on 389 attempts. I mean, if you – you know, Allen Robbins could, could go to a situation where he's like, he's that big body guy. They're going to throw him the ball near the goal line and he's going to have some contested uh, opportunities for touchdowns or whatever. That is in a uh, perfect world. I think the only way he's going to have some value fantasy wise, that is not where he ends up. He ends up with a guy with right. a 1.8% touchdown rate. So I don't think that Pickett's going to be that bad as far as the TD rate. But even if it goes up to what three or three and a half percent, I still don't care. And there's just too much competition there with better players. And I think everything in the trade uh, that it, it's weird in general. But the the biggest uh, red flag for me is the Rams are picking up a large part of the salary. Right. It's like they're picking up like ten of the fifteen million or whatever it is that's yeah. due. It, it is. It, it's just I'm out completely out. I was a huge Allen Robinson guy last summer. That's one of my big misses. Um, I don't think I was alone there, nope. but uh, just no, um, not. <laughs> he just looked washed. I remember specifically sitting there on a Sunday afternoon, watching him catch a bubble screen and make a little move on a guy. And I was like, that looked like he was trying to make a football move, but it just looked pathetic and like <laughs> awful. And I said, oh my gosh, I hope that's not indicative of who he is right now as a player. Turned out that it was. So yeah, yeah. I'm all the way out. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I just think that if we had Allen Robinson three years ago, we this would matter a lot, right? Like if, mm-hmm. if we had seen that old Allen Robinson or even a shadow of that old Allen Robinson in L.A., it would mean a lot more. But I feel like that Allen Robinson is clocked out and is no longer on the clock. You're no longer working for this team. So, I mean, 
Sure, why not? Go to Pittsburgh, see what happens, but I am not that interested. I know I did put him on the trade block in one league just to see. You know, same thing when Odell got signed. I'm like, just throw him up there. Not no no bites. Not a yeah. single person was interested. Which I got an offer. In, I got an offer in a league for the to give the 303 for Allen Robinson, and I quickly rejected. Like, oh yeah, I, I was not even interested the in that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, there was actually there's one league where I have Robinson and Beckham just because. Because it was that kind of rebuild, just picking up, you know, whoever that might spike. And both of them, in my opinion, went to places where it's like, oh, crap. I didn't even get any value out of it. Like, it wasn't even like a good spike. It was the, a little tiny hill. But like I said, that's my opinion. But insights. if he's on the waiver wire, I guess, and you're in a deep league, I guess, why not throw him on your bench? But geez, otherwise, no thanks. Um, with that, I guess before we move on, is there any other news you guys wanted to talk about? I feel like it was pretty light this week for football. Yeah, perfect. We'll it, take it that is. As a no, I like it. It is <laughs> too light. Yeah, well, everybody's just kind of waiting. Yeah. Let's talk draft strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's everybody's kind of waiting. So let's with that. The only thing I'm surprised about is nobody's gotten in strategy. trouble. Sorry. That's true, actually. That's a good point. Nobody's gotten in That's trouble because NFL. this is the dead period. That's when guys do stuff and they haven't gotten in any trouble. So there's really nothing to talk about. I mean, I don't know this affects Dynasty, but I guess Jalen got paid since the last show. Isn't that correct? Jalen Ramsey? Jalen Hurts. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, my bad. I told, I thought you're right. I thought that was before last week, but you're right. That was since last week. And he got paid big. And you're an Eagles fan, so we'll give it to you. Yeah, I, I don't know that it did like it affects much. I think everyone assumed he was going to be there. Everyone assumed he was getting a big contract. Uh, I, the big thing to me is that actually from that is not so much Jalen Hurts or the Eagles. Is I wonder if it kind of gives a framework for Lamar uh, to get a contract now because he's seeing you know he sees okay now the guy who just got the run out for MVP is also not getting a fully guaranteed contract, which is what yeah. uh, apparently Lamar was trying to get. So. He maybe he realizes now that's not happening, and the Ravens can kind of work off the Eagles structure and 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 get something done there. Yeah, and as a Bengals fan, I'm I'm looking for this as well, how does it affect Burrow, right? I mean, that's like that's true, a pretty yeah. hefty contract, but it's right in line, if not a little under what I expect Burrow to get, which makes sense. I mean, like I, I don't think it it doesn't really move the needle for me much on that. Drew, did you have anything about that Hurts contract that it stands out to you for Dynasty? Does it make it move at all for him? No, it doesn't move the needle for me. But last summer, I was trying to trade for Hertz in a couple leagues. And, uh, you know, I kept running with the narrative like, hey, they're going to give him a chance. But they're loaded up for the following draft. And if he doesn't do what he you know needs to do to take a step forward, then they're going to bail on him. So I was trying to run that narrative. It did not work. And I didn't get him. <laughs> so, you know, that moment has passed. This doesn't move the needle. He's the guy. He's going to be there for a while. So he is what he is. It is, it, it is interesting, in my opinion, though, to think about it, not all, just a year ago, like literally just a year ago, there were questions about whether he was the guy and the Eagles were going to mm-hmm. draft a quarterback last year. And here we go a year later, Super Bowl appearance, runner up for MVP. I think you said, right, Rocky, like, yep. you know, guy did everything you wanted in a quarterback and now gets a long term, pretty good guaranteed, like amazing what can happen in a year on the opposite side of Allen Robinson. Right. Like, wow. What can happen in a year? Yeah. Oof, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Way to bookend. Nice job, Rocky. All right. So. <laughs> With that, we are going to get into our rookie draft strategies. Now, I, I kind of wanted to preface a little bit of this. There are, you know, a ton of different drafts and a ton of different formats and a ton of different this, that, and the other. This is, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about generic stuff and specific stuff at the same time. But don't take any of this to mean that what we're saying trumps what is happening in your league. This is more like general stuff that you should apply to your own stuff. 
it's true for everything we say, to be honest, like not everything is in a vacuum and nothing is in a vacuum. Right. So with that, let's start with some of the linear drafts. I think that's a very common draft that we see a lot. Rookie drafts being linear uh, reverse order of standings. A lot of different ways to sort that. We're not here to talk about that, but if you're in a linear draft and let's say you get the 101, the 201, the 301, things like that, you might've traded some of those picks away, right? You might've in trade addicts leagues. None of us have our own picks, which is just hilarious to me because just, that's what we do. Um, I don't have any picks in TA one. I think I traded them all away. As soon as I got the team, I was like, great team, move on. Let's go. Um, it's just how I am. But uh, there are others where I have a bunch of firsts and things like that. So linear drafting is a fun time. I, I do like it. We'll get into auction drafts a little bit later, of course, with Drew in the show. But first of all, the thing I want to start with, which is true of any draft, anytime you're ever around, in my opinion, any draft you're in, startup, redraft, best ball, I always say it, and I'm pretty sure it's true, but I wanted to spend a minute here. Draft for talent, trade for need. Don't worry about your lineup. Don't worry about your roster. Don't worry about if, oh, I need a running back, so I'm going to reach and take a running back. Nope, don't do that. Just draft for the best guy on the board. If you're in a super flex league, that usually means the tie should go to the quarterback. But I'm not saying that you need to take a quarterback over Bijan. I mean, that's not where I'm at. We're going to learn a lot at the draft for a lot of that, too. But I wanted to make sure I hit on that because that's kind of my overarching draft, um, I don't know, mantra or motto. And I know Russ has a similar one for trade addicts, and, and he's mentioned that for years as well. But Drew, I'll kick it to you first. Do, do you obviously do you agree with that motto? Let's start there. And then do you have any other mantras that you tend to look at or listen to for linear drafting? Yeah, well, you said it well because I'm not a dynasty expert per se. I certainly um, do it and pay attention and whatnot. But um, I I listen to guys that are good at it. And uh, one of those guys is Jordan McNamara. And mm. he says that all the time. He says, you don't have team needs in April. Right. So stop trying to go out and fill needs in April. You don't have to fill out a lineup in April. You don't have to do it in May. So just take your time, draft the best value you can, and then worry about your lineup as it gets closer to the season. And I, I love that. And, um, you know, like I said, I listen to Jordan because he's better than me. So I Amen. absolutely, yeah, I endorse what you're saying, man. Yeah, and I think, too, when it comes to linear drafting, and like I said, we'll get into auctions, but when it's linear, it, there literally is a, a line of, of people waiting to draft, right? So if you don't like the player, you have a need or whatever, then trade out of it, right? Trade back, trade out, trade down, whatever you want to do, uh, or you know, take the best player available, and then in June, trade that guy to someone else to fill your need. That's the basic plot line here. Um, Rocky, I'm pretty sure you agree with me here, but do you have any other mantras that you look at that are kind of in that similar vein for drafting? Uh yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's drafts, rookie drafts should always just be best player available. Uh, no matter first round, second round, third round, just yeah, draft the best player. Uh, and and if you really want to fill a need, trade that pick for a proven player. Don't don't draft a guy that you don't even know if he's going to hit. Uh, you can always trade your picks and 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 get a, you know, get. A lot of times you can get a young guy for a draft pick or even an older vet. You can just plug right into your lineup. So. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Any other mantras that I go by when I, that's pretty, that pretty much covers it when it comes to drafts. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you kind of hit on the only other one that I really, I even kind of remember in drafts anymore is that I don't have to make this pick, right? Yes. I think sometimes we talk about this a lot when talking about trading, when you trade for a rookie pick, that doesn't mean you have to make the pick, right? But even if you're on the clock, you don't have to make that pick. I've been in a number of drafts where I needed quarterbacks and I'm on the clock and all the quarterbacks are gone. 
And I'm like, dang it, I really needed a quarterback. Do I reach for the fifth best quarterback and kind of, you know, do I go with something crazy here? And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, I don't have to do that. Let me trade this to someone else who really wants a running back and I can get two quarterbacks or some, you know what I mean? Like you never like two lower tier quarterbacks, of course, but you don't have to make the pick. That's the only other thing I was going to mention here is that if you're on the clock, you can trade out. You can trade for a vet like you mentioned. I think that's terrific advice. Um, I guess the only other thing I would say is that I uh, definitely – um, if you're looking to trade picks for for vets or, or even you know whatever you're looking to trade for, just a, a, a exit a already established player in the league, uh, definitely wait closer to the draft. I like kind of like Bingo. waiting closer to the draft, but not necessarily. Like a lot of people say, wait till you're on the clock. I I, I kind of like doing it like around now, where where yep. sometimes when you're on the clock, it sounds like a good idea, but some like the idea being, I guess that uh, you know the player you somebody's going to want a player at that specific spot but it's also possible that if you don't want a player at that spot maybe other people aren't really look like nobody fell and that they, they don't necessarily love 107 as much as they did a week ago. you know so uh when when there's not actually been six players picked 106 or 107 could be more attractive uh, then maybe it even is on the clock. So, and, and obviously, the closer and closer you get to drafts, that rookie fever heats up. So, I think it's best to actually do it, you know, in the week or two before the draft rather than waiting on the clock a lot of the time. And I will agree with that and kind of pivot the other direction and say, you don't have to trade for a pick now either, right? You can, everybody's, you know, like if you're going to take your advice and send the picks for players and things like that now, if somebody sends you an offer and let's say, I don't know, let's say it's the 106. And according to all the mocks you've seen, it's going to go Bijan, three quarterbacks, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jameer Gibbs will be there at six, right? Terrific. I don't mind. That's the end of my tier, which is where we're going to pivot to next. But there's no reason to make that trade today. I don't know how many times I've said that on the show. You don't have to make that trade today. Because what if, we don't know what's going to happen. What if Bijan goes to New England? Crap. Now what? Like, is, is that worth the 101? Let's say Jackson Smith and Jigba goes to Baltimore. What is that? Like, they're, literally, there's there been mocks where he goes to Philly. Like, I'm just saying there are some. I would love that, that as an be, Eagles fan, but that would be horrible for Jackson Smith and Jigba's value. Or there, there could be places and there could be things that change values drastically and moves a tier around or something, right? Or you know, takes somebody out of one tier and moves them to another. It's pretty rare in my opinion, but it's still possible. Uh, we saw it last year, two years ago, I guess it was with Ceh, right? Remember Ceh was in that second tier of running backs. He gets drafted by Kansas City in the first, and all of a sudden he's the 101. I never believed that. I'm like, I don't think that makes any sense. I didn't draft him anywhere. It was awesome. Um, but again, like some of that stuff, there are going to be people that also draft people early. So don't trade for that pick until you know what's there. I, there was a couple years ago, too, and maybe even three years ago. I, will, I wanted the 105. I remember trading for it early, like around now, right before the NFL draft, because I wanted to get the guy that should go around the 105, 106. And he went at 102. And I'm like, well, now I don't want this pick as much. Like, he, you know, that guy reached and took him early. Now this pick isn't worth as much to me because that was the guy I was targeting. And so it's like, well, I never would have got him with the 102. I never would have tried for the 102. And ended up working out. I took the best player available, moved on with my life. But it's like, I kind of wish I would have waited. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't need to make that trade. So just make sure you're looking at all that stuff. I know I'm probably the worst person on this. I tend to get itchy and make trades when I shouldn't. Hence, trade addicts. You know, we're junkies. We're always kind of jonesing for a fix. Um, but with that, I guess, before we get to the tier-based stuff, was there anything you wanted to add to any of that, Drew? The only thing I'd say is, you know, you guys are talking about uh, vets. And at this time of year... The biggest takeaway I have from just a couple of years in Dynasty is that people just undervalue vets at this time of year, and they overvalue that those picks and that uh, rookie money and whatever. So my thing has been 
trying to take advantage of that idea. Um, not, not nothing splashy, nothing crazy, but just those solid producers that you need to win a title. Uh, I think that there's no better time to buy than right now. Yeah. And I know Rocky's a big fan of vets. I know I am too. I think a lot of times those veteran players get overlooked. I mean, I'm seeing some really deep discounts on guys like uh, Tyler Lockett and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Like these are still good players that are going to be in your lineup and you can get them for a mid to late second in some places, which just blows my mind. I mean, Lockett, you can probably get for third. So, I mean, it's like, I I don't mind taking a little bit of a flyer on those. Hell, Adam Thielen could have a terrific year in Carolina with Baker Mayfield. (laughs) No, no, wait, sorry. No, not Baker Mayfield. Bryce Young. I don't know why I said Baker Mayfield. I was thinking B's, not Baker Mayfield. He's not there anymore. With Bryce Young, whoever the rookie is. But I'm saying, like, there's a lot there, a lot to go. To what Drew mentioned before, Jordan McNamara, I I listened to his podcast with Chad Parsons, the the, the Football Guys Dynasty show, and he always (laughs) talks about that, that, you know, the point of this game is to to score the most points. And we often overlook that. And, and I know value is important and people and picks don't lose value, all that stuff. But yeah, the people, even in the, in the non-point scoring season here, you can, you can go acquire points, especially because they're going to be cheaper. So, uh, and, and especially from like, he always talks about certain profiles, like a Mike Evans is, is probably even still what this year at like 29 with, the potentially crappy quarterbacking is probably still going to have a thousand yards and at least eight touchdowns. So, yep, yep, with Baker Mayfield probably right, isn't he the guy in yeah. Tampa Bay now? Right but now, that's, yeah. That's kind of where it comes down to is that there there are a lot of weird discounts that I'm seeing and a lot of trades happening that blow my mind a little bit. But that's just the age that we're in. That's the, the everything is oversaturated with rookies and everybody's hyping them up and there's all this optimism and upside and all these debates about who's better and all that. Guys, just just get it out of your system, man, because once the draft happens, none of that matters anymore. Right. And points matter more than anything. But nobody that I know of is in a league where you get points for the prettiest roster. You know, like I know Russ would love that kind of league because he loves having a pretty roster, but it does you no good in April to have a pretty roster. So just keep thinking about that as you head into your rookie drafts. The other thing that I kind of mentioned that I kind of want to hit on again here in linear drafting, at least, is is really do I think do a good job in your own way of making tiers and finding out where you feel like there's a big gap between players. That can help a lot. I do that for myself, of course, and most of my leagues have similar enough formats that I don't have to be you know, making 35 different lists like this. But for the most part, I like to make tiers so I can see, all right, if I'm at the 103 and I've got a tier of five guys in that range and someone at the 105 is offering me, you know, hey, I'll trade you the 105 and a 24 first for your 103. Smash accept on that, right? Like, what? let's go. Like, I'm, I'm still getting one of the guys I want. And I think that's where you can make a lot of value. You can make a lot of money. You can produce a lot of extra benefit for your team, whether it's now or later, just thinking of it in that way and continuing with that best player available and all that. Don't get blinded by rookie fever. I know it's tempting. There's a ton of good players and a ton of good stuff, ton of good value. But at the most, when, when I feel like the most I ever enjoy a draft is when I leave a draft, adding players that I liked in tiers and adding rookie picks for next year or other vets or what have you. And I think if you make your own tiers, that makes that process much easier. You can kind of take your heart out of it, let your brain drive, and just look at the tier and go, am I okay trading out of this tier or into this tier? Like, take that look and go for it. But I guess, Drew, as someone who is, you know, not necessarily a dynasty expert, so to speak, but, I mean, as someone who's played dynasty for a while, I mean, do you use tier-based drafting when you do these linear drafts as well? I do. And, and honestly, we're going to get into the auction stuff, but it becomes even more important in auction, I think. Um, but I, I think it's absolutely essential. I mean, you just, for sure. 
I, I don't know. I, I get to the point where I discuss this enough that I think that maybe it's everyone should know this by now, but maybe they don't. I mean, I, I think that tier-based drafting is one of the single most important things you can do to prepare for a draft. And so I've always believed that. And I, like I said, I don't know if that's jumped the shark to the point where everybody's like, oh, yeah, tier-based, tell me something I don't know. Like, I don't know if we're there yet or not, but I really feel like people underestimate how important that is. And I think it's that's the first thing I do when I'm preparing for a draft is look at my tiers. And, uh, you know, how, where is it going to be when it gets to me as far, and I don't do a ton of snake drafting or linear drafting. I don't do a lot of it. But even with auctions, I'll say, how, where am I comfortable when this break happens? What's the price that I'm comfortable with in between those breaks? And that's one of the first things I do when I'm preparing. Yeah. And I mean, I think it, it, it it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I have a lot of people that I get tagged in posts or get DMs that are new to Dynasty and have, you know, haven't heard this before. And then we've also got people that listen to the show that have been playing for 20 years. Right. So I feel like this kind of stuff benefits everybody because it's a good reminder before we go to your draft. You might know this stuff, but to hear it again, I know for myself too. like just to talk about it again, it's like, right. OK, I got to make my tiers. The draft's coming up. I want I like to build my tiers before the NFL draft for talent. And that way I have it ready to go because I know I'm, I'm sure you guys have too. Well, I know Rocky does. Uh, we've got drafts that start Friday of NFL draft, right? Like I, I've got a couple that are starting right as soon as possible. And that that's even more important to have tiers together because if, if you have to build your entire list starting at the NFL draft and your rookie drafts already happening, you're behind the eight ball. So now's the time to kind of build that at least a little bit, get an idea of where players are and then go make tweaks from there. Yeah, Drew, what do you got? I, I think that that, it's really important that you have that done before the draft. If you're a serious, I was just going to say that <laughs> because I, I really believe that like you have, you have a tendency to overvalue things that happen and you have a tendency to like, if you have, like, let's say you have it in your head. Like I have this value, uh, you know, I got it kind of like in my head and I'm good and I can just go into the draft. I, I think that your brain skews that when you don't know it. So I think when it's there in black and white, and that's one of the things I say about auctions too. And that's why you get that down there and, and you do all the thought ahead of time so that when you're in the heat of the moment, you don't overvalue or overreact. And I think that that's overreaction prevention is doing that ahead of time. Well, yeah, putting it out in black and white, it, it just makes it so that you don't double count. That's what I find myself doing. If I don't do that, I'm mm -hmm. like, man, I really like this guy. He must be a tier jumper for me. Nope. He went from the bottom to the top of the tier. Like, hang on a minute. That's not a different tier. That's the same tier. And I think sometimes laying it out like that perfectly, like you said, before the NFL draft can help a ton. But Rocky, what did you have to add to that? Yeah, no, that's just kind of what I was going to say. I just think it's so important to do it before the NFL draft, to have an idea of where you think of these guys just based on talent, because when you don't do that, that that's, and even when you do, because we almost did this kind of as a community, at least if you looked by Twitter and all that stuff, that's how you get a CEH. Like CEH prior to that draft was almost everybody's RB four or five. And he jumped like multiple, he was getting drafted over like either Burrow or Tua in some cases yeah. in, in that year. It was ridiculous. Uh, and in super flex leagues. So yeah, definitely have your tiers, uh, have an idea of what your tiers are going. And you do need to adjust uh, based on, you know, especially draft capital and, and somewhat landing spot, but more so probably draft capital, uh, you know, 
because we have, we have the Akeem Butlers too, who everybody right. had top five and then went in the sixth round or whatever it was. Yikes! But uh, <clears throat> so you, you do need to adjust from the draft. But if you have a a baseline going in, that makes all the difference in the world. And hopefully, like you said, I I drafted almost none, uh, very little, possibly none CH that year because I didn't hop hop him up as high as everyone else did because I didn't have him that high to begin with going into the draft. Mm-hmm. And, and I did push him up because of the draft, but it, especially that first round draft capital. But uh, I, I still ended up with a little because he kept going like one-on-one, one no, not, not too much one-on-one, but 102, 103 in Superflex leagues. And, and yeah, that was that was a bridge too far for me. Well, I know he went 101 in the, in one of my one QB leagues, which makes yeah, sense. QB, you know, like yeah. that makes total. But even then, the guy that took him 101 obviously did not do well. He was he earned the 101, and then he got CEH and earned the 101 again. It was just a brutal turn of events. Uh, but I will say this too that the the reason the other reason I like doing tier drafting and kind of putting things together in and ranking it in tiers before the NFL draft is because that capital can move players around within a tier. It rarely, in my mind, I rarely jump players out of a tier and up to the next one. I have on occasion lowered them a whole tier, but I rarely will elevate them all the way up. And kind of like what you said too, Drew, it makes it so that you can take your heart out of it. You can just take your your whole thought out of it and just say, okay, here's where I, I believe the talent to be. Everyone and their mother, all the talking heads on ESPN, all the guys on NFL Network, all of them are talking about XYZ. Let me zoom in and just focus on what I know to be true. And that's what I like about this, this is a way to put your own draft list together. Um, I know that there's a bunch to talk about with drafting that I'm sure we'll get into as we go into auctions, but was there anything else you guys wanted to hit on when, with regard to linear drafting before we move on? Uh, I just wanted to say, I thought it was a good point that Jerry, you threw it up on the screen, but it was a good point that um, Jerry made in the chat here, Jerry Beck, so that uh, now in April is a good time to uh, trade those assets that could lose major value during the draft. Yep. Um, based, you know, because someone's going to get drafted over them or, or along with them or all that like kind a of Tony thing. Pollard or, you know, yep, that was Robin the name that came to my mind. Every, I mean, people should realize Tony Pollard is not a guy that's going to e- probably ever have a, I don't think he did going back to college ever have a full on like bell cow workload. Um, no, but some people are still thinking it. of him. Yeah, do I don't that. think they need him to do that. Yeah, exactly. Could, that's what I'm he saying. He could still and, be a top 12 running back without it, which is what's yes. interesting. Like, yeah, I'm with you though. But yeah, I'm not don't have any other names off the top of my head. For some reason, he's the one that popped into mind as well. But there's definitely other guys out there. Tyler um, Algier. Yep, Algier's that's a, that's a perfect one. one. Uh, I I don't think it's this year, but maybe next year you'll see it with like a Damian Pierce or something like that. Especially uh, second, uh, third day uh, running backs is is a big one that that we saw yeah. with James Robinson. You know, after coming off two great seasons. Uh, wasn't know, enough. <laughs> yes, having having Travis Etienne draft along with him. So, yeah. Well, okay. So with that, I, let's pivot into auctions. And I've only done a few auction drafts, a few rookie auction drafts. Even uh, they are very different, but I would say they're much better. Uh, it, it is allows you to kind of build your own, kind of find your own way. And and I guess I'll just kick it straight to you, Drew. I mean, what is it that you you like and prefer about auctions? And just tell people if they're not familiar, maybe even what an auction draft might look like or how it works these days. Yeah, well, and I think it might be more of a, I think it might be more common in dynasty circles to be into the auctions. Because the one thing I always say is that 
if you feel like you're better than your league mates, which is, you know, that's why we do it, right? We want to prove we're better. We all feel like but, we're better than our league mates. <laughs> right, yeah. So if you feel that way and you feel like you got more knowledge than everyone else or that you're going to be, um, you know, you're a better talent evaluator or whatever the case may be, you should want to be doing auctions because the way to parlay that knowledge into a stronger draft is only through auctions, in my opinion. Now, I I, I still believe, I mean, there's a ton of, of ability that I think that certain guys have to do these like FFPCs, these best balls, these whatever leagues it may be. I still think there is there is a method and a talent to doing snake drafts. So I don't want to completely just down people for sure at all. Yeah. But I really believe that in the heat of the moment, when you have to make snap decisions on the fly with taking into account all the factors that you have to take into account while you're bidding, what your team looks like, how much money you have, how much money is left in the room, what, you know, what your needs are, uh, all the factors that go into it. When you're making those split second decisions as you're drafting, I, th- I just think that favors the better players. And so I'm always going to be a- an auction guy. And for those of you who don't do it, don't have, don't let the barrier be, oh, I've never done one. I'm going to suck at it. Because let me tell you, if you know fantasy football, you can't really badly botch a auction unless you go in there and spend all your money on three guys, which can happen. But my point being, if you know the, the game well enough, just go do it. Just go do it. Jump in a $5 auction league, do a redraft, try it once. You'll be hooked, and then you're going to want it in Dynasty. Because I really feel like Dynasty gives you an even bigger edge with the auction. You know, I'm in the Kitchen Sink League, um, courtesy of, of Ryan McDowell. Yep. And th- that league is just on another level. But one of the things that you have yeah. to look at when you're getting into the draft is sometimes you're not on equal playing fields as far as how much money you have to spend in your rookie draft. So, And that's especially true of the Kitchen Sink League where nobody has the same money going in. So there are some leagues where you are going to have the same money and it's easier to come up with your strategy. And year over year, you're going to know what your teammate, your league mates are doing as far as what they favor. Like, hey, this guy loves to go buy the cheap quarterbacks. This guy go, loves to go buy the top running back. And, and you can tell year over year. Um, but if the numbers start out a little different because people are trading rookie money or whatever the case may be, then that's absolutely your first stop on your preparation to see who's got the buying power. And then it's really hard to give blanket information about how to attack a draft like that because every single one's going to be different. And so you really just have to come to an understanding of what you need the most, how they're going to act, and then where you're going to be able to get in there for the best deals. So I don't know if you have specific questions about any of that, but I could just you know, ramble for the next hour about it. So I don't want to well, do that. You, Tell me what we you have a know. podcast. I want to, we didn't mention it at the beginning. Uh-huh. We should definitely talk about this. Where can people find more of your auction strategy just before we get too deep in this? Well, um, I can, uh, let me break the news here <clears throat> on the dynasty junkies podcast. There okay. is going to be the drew Davenport auction brief Patreon this summer. There you go. Um, so I'm, I, the problem I have during draft season is, there aren't many auction experts. I don't know if I'm an expert, but whatever the case may be, there aren't many of them out there. So the amount of DMs I get mm-hmm. on a daily basis on in June, July, and August is absurd. 
I can't get to them all and I try to. And right. uh, two summers ago, I did individual sessions with people, 15 minute sessions where we just got on a call and just talked about their strategies. Because the problem is I could write an article about a snake draft and it applies to everybody. But you write an article about an auction draft and it applies to about 10% of the auction people. Like there's just so many different ways to approach yeah. it. There's so many different league yeah. personalities. So I'm debuting the Patreon so I can give people some more individual attention. And it's only going to be a couple bucks a month. So, you know, you wait, you roll out of bed and spend $2 before you, uh, you know, have your morning coffee. So uh, I, I think that it's a palatable couple bucks to get my legal insight, but also to get one-on-one -on -one strategy for the auction stuff. And so um, long story short, Sorry about that. Um, so oh, yeah, I'll, I'll have a Patreon this summer. I'll be announcing that. But also my show is completely free. The Auction Brief podcast. All you got to do is search for Auction Brief or Drew Davenport on any place that, that you can get um, podcasts. And I do a lot of theory on that show. So I have guests on that do, we talk individual players and we talk, uh, you know, who they like and who they're after, that kind of thing. So we do plenty of guests for that stuff. But my podcast is really centered around um, theory. And, and I believe that we don't spend enough time talking about the theory. And so the theory of auction drafting, you could go for days about the theory of auction drafting sure. and I love it. So that's what a, a lot of the show is. So if that's interesting to you, uh, go check it out. Well, and just to be, kind of reiterate what you said, auctions are awesome to do. And I will say this after, uh, you know, having done, let's say 15 or 20 different dynasty auctions in my life, some of which are in kitchen sink, which is bonkers. But the more you do it, the more you get accustomed to it, the more you get better at it. And it's really just like a skill you got to use. Right. And so yep. I, I kind of I totally agree with you. Like if you're afraid of it, don't be afraid of it. Just go in and try it out. You're going to love it. But I also say to people like when I get auction questions, like how much of my how much of my of my you know, a money should I spend on my top running back? And I'm like, I, I can't answer that. I, I don't know. how. I mean, I need so much more context. And I'm a right. huge fan of context when it comes to trades or linear drafting of any kind auctions are it's even more required like you you can't literally cannot answer a question in a vacuum about an auction i, I don't think i've ever seen a poll about an auction that, because it just doesn't make sense to do that like you know which would you prefer uh 75 in rookie money or mike evans and it's like i need so many things yeah. before i can answer yeah. that like i don't have a clue what that means so that's kind of why i wanted to mention them and bring them up and kind of get into some of it we'll leave the detail and the, the deep theory for your podcast but i do want to hit on some of the things you kind of mentioned though and and I think, again, when you're thinking of, of auctions and, and kind of in general, some advice to give in general in auctions, uh, you mm -hmm. kind of hit on, and I'll start with, this the last one on the show sheet, but team build, right? Like, do you want to do studs and duds? Do you want to have a balanced team? Um, I guess maybe just talk about that for a second, especially when it comes to rookie drafting and how does that affect yeah. your build? We said, you know, draft for time trade matter with that in rookies. Yeah, so... I, I tweak it a little for dynasty, but in general, when you're talking about auctions, the team builds that I use are going to largely be dictated by the size of the league I'm in. So I am trying much more for a studs and duds approach in my 10 team leagues. And even the 12, I'm going to skew more towards that. But um, I just consider it like a continuum. Like on one side, we have the small league. You're all studs and duds. On this side, you have the Kings Classic, your 14-team, you know, deep roster. Then you really want to be flat there. And when I say flat, I mean you don't want to go spend $58 on a guy or, or, or you know, spend three 
three guys over 40 bucks because you're just not going to be able to field a team. And you're going to have to get really lucky with all of your late round picks. So I consider it a continuum. Just start on one end, small league, studs and duds, and go flatter and flatter the bigger the league gets. Now, for Dynasty, I changed that a little bit because it's really hard to go studs and duds in a in a, in a rookie auction because there's going to be some people with some buying power in that room that want the top players. So my natural instincts, and I don't know if this is right because I haven't been doing Dynasty long enough to really feel like I've, I've exhausted all of my, um, I guess, theory or my ideas on the product yet uh, because I am relatively new to Dynasty when it comes to a guy like you guys or like Ryan McDowell or Jordan McNamara, I'm relatively new, but I've been doing it in a few years. And the thing that I come back to is I'm just not a guy that's going to go break the bank for one player for the most part, unless that's a quarterback and a super flex, like a Caleb Williams or something like that. Like I, I'm just, that's not me. So what I like to do is let, I like to let the draft come to me. And I think it's an even bigger deal in dynasty because I preach this all the time sit around and let some guys go when you're starting an auction. Just let some players go. See what it's going to cost. Now, if you see some ridiculous value, like why is this so cheap, of course, jump on it. But otherwise, let it develop. Let it breathe. We want to get in there. We're so excited. It's just like sitting down at a poker table. Like oh yeah, you sit down, and if you don't play very much, you're like, I want to play this firsthand. I've got a nine-deuce. Like, well, that's crap, but I want to play. I want to play. You put like your you're money. You're calling in. me out exactly on that one. Do you? Like, <laughs> no, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So that's the same thing in auctions. You want to jump in there. You're excited, but let it breathe. Let the draft come to you. You're gonna see what's happening around you, and then you'll be able to jump in and say, "I I feel more solid ground." I have a dynasty or a um, a keeper league. It's a heavy keeper league. So we have uh, 22 roster spots, but we keep seven. So it's like uh, we're walking the between two worlds there, but. That's a different story. Anyway, the point is I never feel like I'm really on solid ground in that auction because it changes so much based on the values and who's keeping who. And and so that's dynasty. So it's okay to feel like you're kind of just like walking on like, like, like one of those bounce houses. Like you're just yeah. kind of walking and it's like, it's going to be a little bit weird, but if you go slow at the beginning, you're going to be thankful. And I, I let some of those top guys go and then, a lot of the money goes right there. And then I feel like I can pick off some nice players after that. So that's always been my strategy. Well, that was actually one of the questions I wanted to ask you at some point too, is like, do you prefer to start out hot or kind of wait? And I agree with you. I think waiting is by far the better answer. I think that there are a lot of people and actually here's Jerry even kind of getting into it with what I was going to say is like, there are some people will blow the majority of their money early. And then your big discounts seem to come middle of the draft. I agree. There, there was a couple that I was in uh, some dynasty rookie startups, uh, some John Bosch leagues that had, you know, that are auctioned because John Bosch is obviously a big fan of that too. And there was somebody, I forget who it was, uh, the player anyway, they, they, you know, everybody was bidding them up and I was kind of just like sitting back and watching, like you said, just sort of getting my bearings. And before I knew it, there was, you know, three players gone and almost, I think all three of them went for almost a full you know, amount of money. And I was like, well, that means the rest of the money, like that kind of all the other values might go up now too, because they've just sucked all that out of the market. But that also means there's only seven players, you know, or 12 players, you know, whatever, like so many players still looking for, for people. So it, it is an interesting kind of uh, difference with regard to linear drafting. If you traded away all your picks, you know, in linear drafting and you're just kind of watching, I always think of that as sort of what auctions should be. 
in linear drafting, you're just kind of watching the draft come to you. It's the same logic. Don't be aggressive. Um, yeah. I guess, Rocky, you haven't put too much into this yet. I want to give you a chance. I know you're, you're just kind of listening and taking notes. Um, but are you in a lot of auction leagues yourself? And like, what kind of strategies do you have for this? I am not. Uh, I, I'm most <laughs> of my leagues are, I think it might, it actually might be a hundred percent all rookie drafts now. Um, I was in a, uh, for a few years, I actually was in the kitchen sink leagues a couple of years and then it just became a little too much for me. Um, it's a lot. It's yeah. A lot. <laughs> With the, the Debbie and the rookie and, and a whole bunch of other like stuff. Five auctions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I love it. Free agency, all that stuff. And, uh, but anyway, and then I also, um, was in a red list league with Matt Price, who also mm. loves auctions. And uh, I, I, I actually left that league this year too. So I think that was my last I'm auction, sensing a like, theme. Full auction league. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's not that I don't dislike, uh, not that I dislike auctions. I, I, I actually wanted to throw this question out to Drew. So I'm, I'm still going to mm-hmm. not talk a lot because um, I don't feel like I have a great strategy for it in general. Um, but one, but this isn't even a really necessarily a strategy question. But uh, one of my issues, one of this is one of the reasons that kind of goes to what I was saying. That w- one of the reasons I'm not in a lot of auction leagues, um, I I really enjoy an auction startup. I do like that, and I think it's a lot of fun, and, and it's definitely more fair. One of my big issues has always been with rookie drafts that are auction is that I hate the fact that like five seconds can be like a first you know what i'm saying like that does not mm. happen in in a linear draft based league you mean like and money so, value wise like the yeah, way they convert right. well, yeah because yeah. most nine unless there's other ones that i don't know about basically every auction league i've ever been in is basically you have picks and then they convert to money after the season's over mm-hmm. and you can trade you can trade picks during the season and they're just picks. And then, like I said, you can trade the 202 and the 204 and the 208 and the 209 and the 206, and they all become like the 111 or the 108. What's your counter to somebody like that? Somebody like me who, who gets annoyed by that, Drew? <laughs> well, I, I, I totally get it. And I will say this I, I think that Ryan, so the Kitchen Sink League is the main, um, the thing that I I, I I I guess I measure other dynasty leagues against because it's so complicated. But I also think that there's been so much time yes. where he's perfected the money and the the way that it works that I think that Ryan's ironed out some of that in the kitchen sink. Um, so, but I do understand your frustration there. The only thing I would say is that you know that. So you can take advantage Manage of that it, idea. Yeah. So if if you're in tune with that, then you're already ahead of some of the people who aren't understanding, you know, how that value works. So that that'd be my one my one pushback would just be that I'd want to be in a league where they figure that out, where they know, hey, we shouldn't be overvaluing this money. And I love the tears that the kitchen sink has because it does drop off really quick as you get down, and it's harder to like to accrue all that money. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I don't have a perfect answer for you, but those are my thoughts. Well, I'll you know, say this sense. too. It, yeah. I feel like it's it's almost like if the rules are the rules and you got to play by the rules, right? I mean, like we all have to play by the same rules. So as, as annoying as it is, or it can feel, I agree with you. And, it, and honestly, like in those leagues, I tend to hold on to every pick even harder because I know how much mm-hmm. that dollar matters, right? 
but like I don't value a 208 in a linear draft nearly as much as I might value the rookie money that it becomes a 208 in an auction draft. So it kind of makes, in my opinion, anyway, it makes the, the rookie trade system be a little bit stricter or a little bit tougher. Um, because again, most of the time people know that trick and they're, you know, trying to accrue whatever seconds they can get to add whatever they can. And I'm more, I'm more likely to hold off and just say, no, no, I'm holding on to that extra 80 bucks. I'm going to need it. You know, like it, it kind of matters. So I, I get your frustration, but at the same time, if you, if you lean into it and go, well, this isn't a, this is an opportunity. This isn't a stress. Yeah, this is and, and I will I say, I, I think it's really difficult. I, I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone come up with a great structure for the money yeah. to pick conversion, to make it work in any like to make it work perfectly like it's just there's always going to be it, yeah. you can't make it too steep between picks and there's always going to be a way to do it um where where you can just acquire a bunch of picks and another thing that's not, this isn't even a criticism but I, I i have found it interesting it being part of rookie auction drafts is the 101 almost never goes for the the 101 101 money it's always more than the equivalent cash amount of the 101 in almost every rookie auction i've ever been in which is not again not a criticism i just think it's interesting well the one thing i want to add too was that what i love about it is most rookie auctions are not like fast you're not all sitting in a room and and yeah so if you're a nit like me, so like when I'm in a when I'm in a live auction and we're going quick, you can't do all the calculations that you can do when it's a slow draft. Mm-hmm. So all what you're talking about with all that money and how it adds up to whatever, that's what I, I like about the auction part of it is that you're almost always in a slow draft. And so every time somebody bids, you can update and be like, hey, I can let them have that and take them out of the auction or. I need to get in here because there's not enough guys left or whatever. And, you know, you could find out exactly how much money is chasing, you know, this, the players that you care about. And so you can make the pool as big as you want. Like I care about these 12 guys and you don't have to worry about it. You have, there's this amount of money chasing. And, and if I want to get one of these 12 guys and every time somebody bids or wins a player, you can do the redo the calculation. I love that because I can't do that in the middle of a, 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 a fast, you know, live auction. Well, and too, like if, if you kind of hit it on the head here, if there's a player in the first that you don't want, like if you don't think Will Levis is the guy and you're like, I don't want Will Levis, then don't bid on him, right? You don't have to worry about it. You can kind of take him out of your player pool in a sense and not have to focus on that. But it is, you're exactly right. It is still very valuable to focus on what the players are bidding on, what the other players in your league are bidding on, what the other managers are, are doing with their money. The other thing I love about that too, though, is there have been a couple times where I've done the math and I've been like, well, if I bid this amount, I'm pretty much guaranteed to win it based on who's left. I don't need to bid everything. I can just bid this amount and that'll shut yeah. everybody down anyway. And then, of course, somebody goes and makes a trade like Adam Thielen for $13 and it screws you up. And I love that part of it, too. Like, that's all part of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. crap, now they're going to come in over me because they made that trade. Like, so I just feel like it adds another wrinkle to an already fun game. And I mean, more wrinkles is better. And, you know, that's just kind of my logic. And I'm, I mean, I've been in Kitchen Sink. This is my second year. I had the dispersal last year. Lucky for me, I got into a Kitchen Sink League, Kitchen Sink 5, Kitchen Sinko. Uh, with the great Scott Connor, who is probably one of the bo- the most masterful, you know, auction type people I've ever been involved with. So I, I have yet to really dominate that league at all. 
but it's great having him in that league with me because there are times that, you know, I, I know I'm out on a player and I can send him a message like, Hey, just to make sure I understand this logic, right? Is this what you're doing? And Scott's a great guy. He'll be like, yeah, that's my plan. I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going for that guy, but I'm just glad I'm understanding. You know what I mean? Like there's just so much intelligence and knowledge when it comes to that. So um, the only other thing I really wanted to talk about with you, Drew, and I know you mentioned you might have to get out of here soon, but um, price enforcing, I wanted to talk about this as someone who's done more auctions and someone who has got a lot of experience with this. I guess, where do you stand on that? Is it something you like to do? Is it something you kind of tell people not to do? What are your thoughts on that? You mentioned it earlier. Like if there's a low price, go get them. But where do you draw the line on that, I guess? Yeah, so the first thing I always say is that there there tends to be, um, people tend to conflate the two ideas of market price enforcing versus uh, bidding someone up, okay? So people conflate those ideas and they get in people's heads like, I'm supposed to do this. Um, because this player was too cheap and there are there are those are two vastly different things so you want to be careful because i really believe that market price enforcing is extremely important skill to have and that means when a player is too cheap you just got to go bid i know this happened with quentin johnson last year in our um, rookie draft people blowing some money and johnson was going too cheap and i just i got him i hadn't planned on getting him he just was too cheap. So that's the kind of thing that I think you have to pay attention to right out of the gate is, and that's why I love auctions because you can come up with the value of how you value that person. And you don't have to have the same value. If everyone else thinks they're worth X dollars and you think they're worth less, you're not going to end up with them. And if you think they're worth more, you might've paid 40 and everyone else thinks they're worth 35, but you think they're worth 55. You don't care what their valuation is. You care what you thought that you should get the player for. So I think market price enforcing has a lot to do with your own personal opinion and your tiers. So you're in a rookie uh, auction and there's a player who's going too cheap and he's in a tier with guys who have gone for more money. You have to jump in there and make sure the price gets up there and then you can back off and not take him. But there is a line that tends to blur there between how far do I go because do I really want this player? Because if you open your mouth or you type it in on a slow draft, you got to be prepared to win them if for some reason the room just goes silent. So there is a line that can be blurred there between price enforcing and bidding people up. There are certain players that you're going to know year over year have weaknesses for certain types of guys. And I'm sure that somebody is popping into your head right now. Somebody that you're mm-hmm. in a league with that's like, oh, this guy always goes for players from this school or from, you know, he's he falls in love with the Anthony Richardson types or he falls in love with the top running back every year. You can bid those players up, but bald-faced bidding someone up takes a lot of understanding of what you're doing. So I don't I, – I do um, – advise people to do the one, which is making sure market prices, you're getting close. So I like to say maybe 75% of market price you want to get at there and then you can back off. Uh, But then the other one, bidding people up, I I tell people don't do it at all unless you're either a very seasoned auction vet or you're prepared for that player to end up on your team. Because you're going to get into a a situation where you think, oh, I've got this guy figured out. He's going to go for... Um, he's going to go for Anthony Richardson. And then you find yourself stuck with him and it ruins your draft. So, uh, and I'm not saying that's bad if you like Anthony Richardson. Point being <laughs> that if 
if you get into a habit of trying to squeeze dollars out of everybody when you don't really like the player, number one, it's going to backfire at some point. And number two, they're going to notice. And if they're good players, they're going to stick you a couple of times and then, you know, you're in trouble. So I don't think you should be bidding people up. I do think you should be market price enforcing. Well, I'll, I'll say this and, and that's terrific advice. And I think you're hitting the nail on the head there. There's a difference between, you know, going up, raising a price on someone because you think they should be going for more and saying, I'm willing to bid this guy up $1 because I think he's worth that. There's a difference in there. I completely agree. And yep. I will say this too. My my first ever auction was a dynasty startup in my home league five years ago now, something like that. And I ended up getting AJ Green for way over market price because I was just bidding him up thinking the other guy was going to keep going and they stopped and I was like, oh, he got me. And it took a ton of my money. It was a bad decision. And I ended up having to tank that year, got the 101 and figured it out. But it was just like, Man, I sh- you know I was new at auctioning and I didn't know how that would work. And it's that a terrible would be my- feeling, isn't it? Oh, I, it was brutal. You and don't I'll want say that feeling. If you're if you're not, I don't want to say if you're not good. If you're not experienced at auction drafting, don't do it. I agree entirely. Like I, I would rather let someone else get a discount than be stuck with the player for too much. And it can yeah. bite you. It can hurt. So yeah, I agree. All right. So before we move on to our last segment, was there anything else you wanted to cover here, Drew, or do you feel like we've hit it on uh, most of the highlights as to? tease your show and your Patreon that people can go get more info well, from you later. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I'm sorry I got to run. Uh, the wife waiting on me to have some dinner and um, had a bit of a long day, so I'm going to go do that. But um, yeah. yeah, you know, just check out the Auction Brief pod. The only thing I would say about your Dynasty um, rookie drafts is this. It's probably not going to go the way you think. <laughs> and that's okay. So just sit yep. back and like, let it breathe. I say this all the time. And when I'm giving out like legal advice and not advice, legal threads, people are like, well, what's going to happen? How's it going to, and I'm like, just, just breathe mm-hmm. because it is most often going to be a slow draft. You got plenty of time to react. And if you make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. You can recover. And uh, so just have a plan, try to stick with it. But just just be flexible because you know it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. And you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to get this guy cheap. Somebody else in the room is going to think the same thing. So it only takes one guy to have a player be too much. So don't walk in there saying, I have to have one or the other of these two guys. Because a lot of times then you're going to find yourself partway into the draft. You didn't get either one because they were too expensive. And then you don't have a plan. So just, uh, you know, be flexible, but also... I know it sounds like those ideas bounce off each other. Have a plan and try to stick with it, but be flexible. I know those sound uh, (laughs) like the antithesis, but I promise they're not. You blend them, and then that's how you become a good auction player. And it's like a tightrope. I say it all the time. It's a tightrope. you got to walk in between those two because if you do one or the other too much, you'll have a bad result. If you try to pull both of those together the best you can, it may feel bumpy at the time, but you'll like your results. Yeah, plan to adapt. Right. That's pretty much my yeah. my usual thought. And I think that applies for all drafts, rookie, linear, startup, whatever, like just breathe, mm-hmm. take a second. You're going to be okay. I appreciate you, Drew. Thanks so much. And again, just before you go one more time, uh, where can they find you on Twitter if they want to go look up your stuff more? Yeah. Uh, Drew Davenport FF on Twitter. I'm still going to be doing my legal threads on there for a little while. Um, I'll announce the Patreon where you can find me. Uh, but yeah, the auction brief will be starting up um, in about, I think, uh, one week after the draft, so the second week of May, will be the first show, and then we'll go every week uh, trying to get you ready for your drafts. 
uh, all the way up through the end of August. So like I said, it's not just an auction pod. I have uh, some of the biggest names in the business on the show, and they give you their uh, strategies, their draft strategies. They talk about <clears throat> players they like. So um, if you're not an auction drafter, there's plenty on the show. I talk legal stuff. Um, I talk uh, fantasy football theory in general, how we win, um, and not just players. So it, it's a it's a different kind of show. I know everybody says that, but I like to think there's uh, something for everybody there. It's true. So, and a lot of us play redraft, so it's always good to get into that habit anyway. Sure. Before Drew has to go, I just want to say I also really appreciate you coming on, Drew. I know I didn't say a lot during this auction period, but it's just because I was <laughs> no just soaking everything in. It was a That's lot right. of good stuff coming there. So I uh, appreciate having you and appreciate especially the, the auction talk. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, well, thanks for having me, guys. I'm sorry I got to run, uh, but it's been a fun hour, and um, and I appreciate, uh, appreciate the invite. Sure thing. Thanks, Drew. Take care. Yep. All right, guys. All right, so we're going to move on to the last segment of the show, which is our favorite segment of the show. But I guess before we do that, Rocky, do you have any other questions that we can ask about auctions or, or rookie drafts before we wrap this up? I guess let's wrap this up, right? Is there anything we missed? Can you think of anything that we might need to still cover? Or do you think we did a pretty good job filling in the gaps here? I, I think it was a pretty good job. And uh, it, I don't want to bring any more auction topics up because I, I, I feel like an idiot when it comes to auctions. So <laughs> I, I feel like I, I don't want to expose myself, uh, but open my mouth and show everybody the fool that I am or whatever that saying is. <laughs> well, you're, you're a prime case of why I think we needed to have drew on. I think that there's yes. a lot of, there's a lot of leagues uh, that I know that I'm in that are, you know, really hardcore like kitchen sink and a lot of Bosch leagues and things like that, that involve auctions. But I do think it's up and coming. I think there's a lot of people that are going to be getting into auctions for the first time. So, again, terrific, terrific podcast to listen to, whether it's Dynasty or Redraft. I definitely recommend it. So whether you're in a linear or an auction draft, hopefully your draft goes smoothly. Um, by the time our next show, I guess, runs around, it'll be two weeks or so from tonight. So some people will already be done with their rookie drafts or at least be enough through it that, you know, it might be in the rearview mirror. So I just wanted to make sure that we had a chance to cover some of those topics before we get too far in. So. Uh, and also, I, I, speaking of drafting, we did finally finish the DJ3 startup. Only took us like, what, three and a half weeks or something to get that done for the, uh, the third Dynasty Junkies Listener League. Not a lot of updates in the other two leagues, which is pretty common. This is that time of year where things get a little calm. We're junkies, but we've also got a bunch of other leagues to get to. So let's be clear. But with that, we're going to head into our favorite. I'm going to say favorite segment of the show, obviously, Maybe. or find me a trade. Our signature um, segment. Sig there it is. That's what I should have called it. And and again, I have to play this because I'm contractually obligated. Find me a trade. <laughs> Love it, Hart. Thank you so much. All right. So this week's trade comes from Chris McConnell. Now at Chris MCC on Twitter. And I got to be honest, Chris submitted three leagues. I love it. Uh, we put out a call to the junkies listener leagues and we got like 15 or 12 or something responses within a couple of hours. So thanks Almost guys for filling our sleeper. Well, yeah, well, we're, yeah, okay, we'll just leave it with that. But thank you, Chris. We'll get into some of yours. We're going to start with this one tonight. Uh, this is the Superfly Superflex Dynasty League. His name, team name is Jobo Tupaki. I'm not sure what that means, but again, one of the best parts of this is just seeing different names of things. Yeah. Uh, it is a, if you want to start pulling the roster up, or do you want me to do that? Uh, Why don't you read the settings and I'll pull yeah, the Yeah, let me up. read the settings. That's You're fine. better with doing this, the roster, especially Go with the sleeper it. stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, so it's a 12-team league, uh, 0.5 PPR, no tight end premium. It is super flex. Uh, QB, uh, six-point uh, touchdown passes, uh, negative two for interceptions. 
start 10, one quarterback, uh, two running back, two wide receivers, tight end, super flex, of course, and the three flex. Um, he, as far as draft picks go, he only has the 103 and no other picks right now. Uh, and Chris's comments on his team were uh, 220, he has two 2024 first in Herbert with some good wide receiver depth, but lacking in the RB room. I've had some uh, good free agent luck since the dispersal. Uh, Penny, uh, Montgomery, David Montgomery, Baker Mayfield, Hayden Hurst, Irv Smith, and KJ Osborne all uh, increasing in value for cheap to, to varying degrees. Uh, it's only like you said, we mentioned, his only draft capital is 103, but hasn't got any quality offers for it. Hoping to move back, he says, to 109 and pick up a 24 first, but not sure how likely that'll be. Uh, and he's mentions if Purdy falls flat, one of his quarterbacks, which we'll get into in a second here with his roster. Um, he says, I'll be making move for Caleb Williams here. Uh, yeah. Passing yards are boosted. 20 yards is one point. Bonuses for big plays. And as we mentioned, six point passing touchdowns. Yeah. So he mentions Purdy. And before we get to the roster, he did acquire Purdy back in February. He sent Wandale Robinson in a fourth for Purdy. I kind of like that trade for what yeah. could be a starting quarterback. I'm not even a big Purdy guy, but I'm also Neither not a big I. Wandale guy. So I kind of, I like that a lot. And I, I feel if, if both guys hit what I think their upside is, not that I think Purdy's going to have any major upside, but just by the fact that his upside is starting quarterback for 2023 right. who, with decent QB two value that that's worth more than what I ever think Wanda Robinson will be hundred so. percent. So I love that yeah. trade. I want to make sure I called that out with all the Purdy talk, but yeah, so he's got Purdy. He's also got Justin Herbert, Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz. That's his QB room and super flex. I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I think that's pretty solid running back. He's got David Montgomery, uh, Rashad Penny, uh, Raheem Mostert, Fournette, Foreman, Reynolds, Chandler. And again, Chandler could be something if cook gets cut, like they're talking about, maybe Chandler's the second option there. So that's not terrible. But again, I would call that his weakest spot. He's correct. Running back needs the most work. That's true. Receiver, he's got Amon Rossi, Brown, Drake London, Amari Cooper, Judy, Mooney, Shepard, uh, D. Robinson. I'm not sure. Is that Demarcus Robinson? Demarcus Robinson. I couldn't think of it. What's it? Deontay. I'm like, that's not right. Uh, Demarcus Steve Robinson. Sleeper had full names. You wouldn't have to. <laughs> Don't get me I'm started. I'm sorry. Man. I can't I help know. myself. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Uh, Watkins, Osborne, Bell, uh, your boy Bell, Traylon Burks, and Jalen Naylor are receivers. Again, solid group there. I think that's probably his strongest. Yes. Again, this is not a tight end premium. So, I mean, again, it it kind of matters and it doesn't. But tight end, he's got Knox, Logan Thomas, Hayden Hurst, Irv Smith, and Brevin Jordan. Just that single 103 for this year, 224 first. And you can kind of see some of the other picks here. Um, full, slight, full slate of picks otherwise in 24 and 25. So, uh, with that, why don't you get into your trade first, and then I'll go into mine. Sure. So I, do, I know he mentioned, uh, and I think you mentioned as we're going over the roster, that he is light at running back. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't too worried about that because I looked at this roster, and I don't think it's a very likely team to contend in 2023. So I'm not too worried. Even if he adds a running back or, or even two, uh, I'm not sure it's going to be a contending roster. Uh, it, it does got some nice young receivers. Uh, and that's kind of where I went with this is that 
sort of what was I willing to sell because I did not worry too much about 2023 when I tried to come up with the trade. Uh, so what I did was I kind of am trying to, uh, he mentions Caleb Williams in there and possibly trying to go for him in 24. Uh, he definitely does need some quarterback help because, like I said, I don't think Purdy's going to be a thing. I, I still personally believe – I know what they're saying in, in April and March, but I still sort of believe – not sort of. I still do believe that Trey Lance is going to be the starter at the beginning of the year. Uh, maybe Purdy takes over at some point, but I'm not a big believer in Purdy. So, uh, so I like the idea of kind of loading up for 24 – and hopefully maybe you can make a push then or at least really be starting to take off on the beginning, you know, on your rebuild here and having a lot of good young players. So what I did was sort of, and I thought it was fun too, since we were talking rookie draft strategy tonight to kind of do a, a largely pick trade uh, and kind of get into that. So I did a trade Jerry Judy, because he does have a lot of receivers. Judy's like his wide receiver three or four, depending on four, how you I think in my it. book, yeah. We can yeah. count Burks, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so I did Judy and his 103, which he could use to get a quarterback here. But uh, if if we're pushing more for 24, I'm fine kind of pushing off the quarterback discussion in terms of getting a rookie into, into 24. Uh, Judy and the 103 to Dirty Bish for 105, a 2024 first and second. And the team he'd be trading into has kind of a weird team. It looks like oh, he yeah. may be trying to contend, but also maybe in the beginning of a rebuild. I'm not even really sure. He's got like Waller, and he's got he's got like three or Kyler three three pretty good running backs, which is not yep. really rebuild specific. But they're also young dish. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to tell where he's going with this team. So I don't know if this will work for him or not. But uh, he gets it. He does not have a lot at receiver, and uh, he could use some help at quarterback himself. Which the 103 will clearly get him a quarterback, where the 105 may not. Um, and this way, you get to pick up. Uh, Chris gets to pick up. Uh, he still gets the 105, and, and he could even go running back there if he wants to go Gibbs. He could go. He could go Gibbs, or you can get JSN there possibly. Um, or if one of the three quarterbacks falls, you could draft him. So it gives you a, kind of a bunch of different options there. And then you also add to your, your 24 uh, war chest um, in terms of picking up yet another first, you'll have three, and then adding a second as well. Um, so, And I also think, uh, again, this guy has a lot of picks. So that's like I said, I'm not sure if he's starting mm -hmm. a rebuild or what, but he also could be thinking he's going to contend. He's got three. Like, he's got Ramondre, Dobbins, and Brees, and has the one on one. So he, unless he trades it in the next week, he's going to have Bijan. Uh, so uh, he's just got a, a whole different mix of stuff going on there. But he he needs some <laughs> quarterback help. Uh, he like I said, he only has Kyler. Well, he said it's such a weird team because he has it his is. running backs, but he has a, one quarterback who wasn't going to play at the beginning of the year. So I figured he might want a quarterback, which he'll get at the one of three. And then uh, his, oh, the, I lost my, my train of thought. His 24 first, I could see being not a great 2024 first, uh, especially uh, if he has some injuries because he, he's kind of loaded up with 23 picks. But yeah. those, you know, even if they're all good players, they might not be great in 2020. You know, a lot of rookies don't have great rookie seasons. So I, I expect Bijan too. But if, if he's drafting receivers there or, or or even this 103 quarterback, if it's 
like say Stroud going to the Panthers. I, I like Stroud a lot, but I don't expect a big statistical season from him if he goes to the Panthers. Uh, so, so this team could be all over the place. This could be a one hundred three, or it could be a one hundred seven or eight. I, I, I don't I agree know. with you on that. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it, but I like the idea of get grabbing a first from a team that has at least the potential to be pretty high, and then. Uh, you know, you have the three first, and if, if any of them end up high, you can maybe push two of them together and, and, and get Caleb Williams or something like that. So, well, he's got his own first. Chris does too. I mean, obviously. Yes. So, like when you're doing something like this and you're trading away assets, or you know, the 103 even is a better asset than the 105. You're trading away the better assets for the future. You're probably making your 101, your your 24 first closer to the 101, right? Like yes. that's sort of the logic. That would be the idea. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm with you on Judy. I mean, I feel like Judy's getting a lot of name recognition and the whole Sean Payton bump and all this. Right. We don't know what that's going to be like. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of optimistic that Judy's better as well, but maybe not as much as others. And maybe Dirty Bish is looking at his team and is like, what am I doing? And he's got the 101, the 105, the 106. He might think, all right, well, I got another quarterback coming at 105. Maybe he gets lucky or he packages something up or he trades back. There's a whole bunch of what ifs. Right. So. I don't mind that trade at all. I think that's good to get two picks in 24 if you can just by losing Judy in two spots in this year's draft. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, and I'm, I'm fine moving on from any of those running backs too. I just don't really want to trade them now because I don't think you're going to get as good a value as you might as the season gets closer. Speaking of, my trade involves <laughs> running back, and it's a running back without a team. So mine was send Amon Ross St. Brown and Fournette, who may be done, who knows, uh, to NY Cat who he actually made that trade with for Purdy. Uh, he would send Amon Ra and Fournette for DK Metcalf and Miles Sanders. And my thought here was I would like to tear down from Amon Ra. I'm doing that a couple places where I have him and, and kind of getting flamed on some things on Twitter where it's like, I think this is still a good trade. I think this makes sense. Like I, I think Miles Sanders is going to be, in all honesty, I think Miles Sanders could be a, a huge rookie or not rookie, sorry, huge resurgence for like comeback player type of person. Uh, I think he's still got lots left in the tank with the way they barely used him in Philly. Uh, and again, I think Carolina seems to be kind of going all in. I don't know if you saw, but um, Adam Thielen spoke very highly of Carolina. He was like, yeah, I'll go give him a look. You know, he's a free agent looking for somewhere to go. And he was like, I want to go somewhere I can win a title. And he's just like, I don't think that's going to be Carolina, but I'll do the due diligence. I'll go check him out. And when he left after visiting Carolina, he was like, I'm sold. Those guys want to win right now. Like they're going to go. So that's why he signed there. And I think Adam Thielen's the kind of player for me that, you know, I trust him. I, I think he's done a really good job being in the right place at the right time. And I think if he thinks they're going to win, I, I believe it. And I think Sanders could be the guy. I think they're going to, I think they get young, not Stroud, but either way, whoever they get, I think they've got a really good team. They've built a really odd win now dynasty team on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, after sending picks and in, in DJ Moore, they now get Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders and Adam Thielen. Like, it's sort of it like a weird. dynasty <laughs> team from two years ago. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I had it's kind of like team. Dirty Bishes team. <laughs> kind of. Only they only need one QB, so you're good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the thought process to it, you know, tearing down from Amon Ra to DK, adding Sanders, and then throwing Fournette. You could throw Zeke Elliott, I think, is on his team. No, that wasn't Zeke, right? It was, it was the other one. Deonta Foreman. I was like, you could probably throw yeah. Foreman in there or something like that. One of those players um, just to kind of make that, you know, fill that, fit that gap or whatever. And, since he just made a trade with NY Cat, I know NY Cat's a trader at least, and you never really know in this right. <laughs> and these F mats who if the people are trading or not. So at least this is a trading partner you have already traded with. So that made it kind of interesting to me. 
The other thing I almost mentioned and almost put on the show sheet was I would be sending Purdy for a 24 first. Anyone that's got a 24 first, I would be curious if oh my any God, of them if you would could bite. do that. I would do it. Well, yeah. here's the thing. I, I would, would expect to get it, but yeah. I don't think you're going to get it either. But there is a lot of weird talk right now about Lance potentially being traded and is Lance the guy and I'll, now might be the highest window to sell Purdy that we've ever seen. And he did amazing in the playoffs. And I know Purdy is not the, the purdiest quarterback, but I do think if, you, if you're looking at 24 legitimately and you're getting Purdy off your roster, now is the time because I don't think it's going to get higher from here unless, of course, they do trade Lance. But there's so many what ifs that come from that. If you can get a first, a 24 first for him now, I'd be happy with that just to get out. I agree with you, though, Rocky. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'd be more than happy to spend five minutes sending all those trades in Sleeper and then having them all get declined. At least I tried. Right. Yeah, I actually I thought about including Purdy in in my trade, uh, in either with Judy or with the one and three or something like that, because to to specifically do a dirty bitch because of the quarterback thing uh, with his team. But I just couldn't figure out the right. I I don't. I'm not entirely sure. Like a second doesn't seem enough if he ends up the starter for the year, but a first seems like too much for me personally. So I know it's it's hard to kind of figure out for me personally where to where to value Purdy. Well, and, and again, just the other option I was thinking was uh, Coach Reinecker, who I'm actually in a league with too, has Trey Lance. And I was like, well, that's who I would target first with the Purdy thing because that way you're kind of insulated, just like I yeah. was doing back in January, right? The only, only catch to that is uh, Coach Reinecker has 11 quarterbacks on his roster. <laughs> He's got Lance, <laughs> Darnold, Brady, Brissett, Locke, Minshew, Huntley, Wilson, Zach Wilson, Matt Corral, uh, <laughs> Skylar Thompson, and Blaine Gabbert, who doesn't have a team. So like he's... Got 11 but Blaine Gabbard is actually a chief now. Well, either way, he's not listed <laughs> on this on Sleeper, but he's still got Brady. He's got Darnold. He's got Wilson. He's got a bunch of those post-hype sleepers that died again, right? Like, that just never happened. But I think, too, like, if, if Lance is his number one, I'd be willing to send that to him. Maybe he's willing to give me a first for it. That would be where I would start, um, just so that, you know, you kind of cover both ends. The other funny thing about, again, funny isn't the right term, maybe, but the other interesting thing about that team is he's only got three running backs. He's got Jonathan Taylor, Michael Carter, and Caleb Huntley, and that's it. So, like, there could be a logic to send, like, one of your other running backs and Purdy for a 24 first, like Foreman and Purdy for a first. I would do that, right? Like, one of the, like, send Fournette and Purdy for a first, or, you know, first and Brady, get Brady back. Cause, I mean, who knows if he's going to unretire, but at least to get some off this guy's roster, right? That's where my thoughts go. Um, so again, those are kind of two different trades to, to sort of mention for you, Chris, hopefully you got some good Intel there, but anything else you want to mention on this team, Rocky, before we wrap it up for the evening? Uh, no, I was just going to say with your trade, I, I, I don't hate that. I, uh, to me, that's more, if you're going to try and compete in 2023, which I kind of went the opposite direction, but if you are, I, I think that's perfectly good value. I, I worry about Sanders' touchdown potential with Carolina because I don't think they're going to score a ton, but I do think he's going to get a lot of volume, and I think he's going to be involved in the passing game more than he has been probably since his rookie year. He caught over 50 yeah. balls his rookie year and hasn't approached that since then. I could yep. see him approaching those numbers this year just because they don't have a lot else. And, you know, rookie quarterback, you're probably going to expect exactly. a decent amount of dump-offs, all that yep. kind of stuff. So, uh, And DK... I, I love me some Amon Ra. So I, I have Amon Ra pretty high up and I don't have actual rankings, but in my the in my head rankings, um, he's he's right up there, kind of like top five in terms of like wide receivers for me. Or I, I, I just want to say this somewhere so it can be recorded for posterity. I, I'm confused why we 
look at Amon Ra as a top five and Jamison Williams as an up and comer and Jared Goff is like a 20th quarterback. Like it just blows my mind. You know what I mean? Like oh, I don't understand you. this. I, I've so never been a Goff big Goff guy, but he was, he's like so underrated for what he did yeah. last year. Last year, he had a very good season. He was terrific like, last year. I think he had yeah. over 30 touchdowns, if I remember correctly. And I think you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not looking it up, but yeah. And, and they didn't even, right. and they didn't even have Jameson for, for, Jameson had like two catches. So he they basically did not have him last year. Hawk got traded. Swift was in and out. I mean, it's not even like he had he had good weapons, but it's it, it was not like it was perfect. Like they, a lot of them were missing. One of them was traded halfway through the year. So uh yeah, I, I think Goff is definitely underrated. In, in well, again, just right since now. we brought I did look it up because I couldn't hold back, but he had 29 touchdowns and okay. seven interceptions in 4,430. Like 29 yeah. and seven is solid for a quarterback. And yes. I do think Jameson Williams comes back solid this year, and I think he eats into some of that Amon Ra upside. I wouldn't be shocked if a year from now we're talking about Amon Ra like we're talking about DK right now. Like one of those players that has that upside and has shown flashes of it, but just can't put it together. Because in all honesty, I don't want my my top five receiver to be tied to Jared Goff. You know what I mean? Like that just seems backwards to me. If we're he not respecting Goff, why are we respecting Amon Ra? I think, well, again, I'm just going to say this another way. I think last year Amon Ra had a terrific season because Jameson Williams was hurt. And DeAndre Swift was always hurt, right? They've now added See, but that's uh, what we said about him the year before. And then he went out and did it again. Yes and no. The, 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 there, there were a lot of changes. It was a different, but the same. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is, I don't think Amon Ra finishes as a top five receiver. Maybe that's and where five I might be a little high. By the way, he's I, definitely top seven or eight, though. I, I'm still saying I think he finishes outside the top ten. I just don't think Amon Ra's up there again. No, we'll, well see. I just mean Obviously. in terms of value. I'm not even saying he's definitely going to finish as a top seven well, or eight production guy. Entirely but. fair. And and if I were doing rankings, I'd probably have him around 10 to 12. And I think a lot of people have him in that six, seven, eight kind of range. So I just, very few receivers come in and have the first two years that he did. I no, I'm not discounting that, but I also just don't know how long that lasts. If Goff is their quarterback, like everybody's crapping on Goff, but somehow Amon Ra gets a pass. And how many times have we jokingly said, like, what does this do to affect Amon Ra's value? Like nothing apparently can affect his value. It's just through the roof. <laughs> Every single news blurb that comes out, Amon Ra gets a bump. I don't get it. It just, I don't know. I mean, yes, if you can, if you can get full value for Amon Ra, go do it. And that's kind of what this trade I, I came up Let with. Let me was. ask you something. If uh, if they have a top five pick, correct? Uh, Lions. I think there's six. Six. Okay, top six pick. If they were to say move up or where he falls there, and they pick Richardson, does that? Is that a good thing or a bad thing in your opinion? Yes. I have no idea. I have no idea. I love that answer. Because that, yes. it, it is it literally, a good thing and a bad thing. Because well, it literally it could mean that they're if they're drafting a quarterback at six and if Richardson falls that far, which again isn't that far, really. I mean, let's or they be could trade up to get him to like yep. three or they've, something. They've, yeah. they've only got to move a couple spots, right? And Indianapolis might think that uh, Matt Ryan is going to come back or that. Uh, what was the Gardner Minshew is on Indianapolis, mm-hmm. right? Maybe Gardner's their guy and they're, they're playing for Kayla Williams, right? Yeah. Who knows? Um, the, uh, the whole thing though, if, if, if Detroit gets a quarterback in the draft that speaks volumes about their intentions with Goff, And I, I don't know if they're really going to let Goff go and just not play this year with the amount of money he's getting and let a rookie take over. But, and with that way that team is built and kind of pivoting to be a win. Now they were really close last year. I think they have a chance to do well. I, I'd be shocked though if they decide to put it on the shoulders of a rookie. I still think Goff plays this year, 
and oh, Richardson sits you. on the bench, I which means nothing is different. Well, I'm just saying, which means nothing is different, right? So, like, all of that to say doesn't matter, right? Which is kind of a cop out, but we'll see. That would be interesting. By the way, speaking of Amon Ra, Corey in the chat says he traded Chase last year for Amon Ra and three twenty four first. That is insane. I mean, if he said he said last year, I wonder if that's before the season because there was a lot of Amon Ra doubt before last season because of what we said, where he did it with Hawk gone and Hawk injured and Swift hurt and and all that stuff. Uh, I can't imagine that got done in season. I would I would assume it would be right around now too, yeah. to be honest. Like it had to be an off season. But I do think even that still that's insane to me. Like Chase, Chase for Amon Ra and three first is yeah. a hell of a haul. I agree. Yes. Like <laughs> I, I am a Chase fan, as you probably know. I have him in almost every league, but if somebody sent that and it hit my inbox, I would probably still break my phone hitting accept. Like yes. I, as big of a Chase fan as I am. Yeah. And then here he goes, Corey again. Best trade I ever got. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that's nice. That's, yep i i would I would do a similar like chase for Amon Ra and three twenty five first. I would probably take. You know what I mean? Like on the right roster, if I'm rebuilding, like because you can still use those as trade chips. Like that's the whole thing we were saying before. And he mentions those three first got me Burrow plus. Like that's exactly the way to play. This is now your team is you know Burrow and Amon Ra plus a couple of other pieces instead of what was likely just Chase. Which By is the way, uh, just the, 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 there's always that saying: some of the best trades you, you, are the ones you never make. Uh, I, in a home league, I tried to sell Amon Ra for a single first around this time last year. Uh, it, it, rookie first, uh, 20, 22 first, not twenty three first. Uh, and oh. I could not get any takers, and I am you very, very devil. glad. Yeah, that the, the, that that didn't happen. So. <laughs> Man, I have dodged a number of bullets too. And there have been a number of those where I just rejected on site. I'm like, nah, it doesn't feel right. And then I'm like, man, I really, maybe I regret that. And then I'm like, oh no, that was, that was God telling me don't hit yes on that. Like you're going to regret it. Yeah. Well, anyway, on that note, I think we covered you pretty good there, Chris. We'll get to your other leagues. I'm sure at some point, Uh, Corey's putting another one in here and we'll, for the sake of argument, Corey, since you had such a good one. All right, here's another one. I want to get your thoughts on Stafford and Sutton for Marquise Brown. What? No, I would keep Stafford and Sutton hands down, even in a one QB. I'm not sold on Marquise. Yes. So, yeah. Was that with you, Rocky? Did you get Marquise? No, I think I think he is right. This is with me. And I think I got Stafford and Sutton. Okay, good. Good job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I would good want there, me, too. Not good for <laughs> well, Marquise Brown is one of those guys, you know, again, depending on when that happened. I, I know Marquise Brown had a lot of upside, a lot of potential, and it just hasn't come through. And now I'm really kind of nervous about him. Just, you know, even because they got Colt McCoy to start the year in Arizona. Like, I don't know. I just think Marquise Brown is not somebody I'm yeah, actively I pursuing think anymore. Corey, I think this was in one of the trade addicts. I think he might have taken over an orphan or something like that. And, uh, yeah. And no I hate, Corey. This, no hate. Just I saw quick. this come through. And, it, yeah, I'm not as high on Sutton as I once was. But getting a, a starting quarterback and, and a guy I still have a little, at least some hope for, for, for Hollywood. I was pretty happy with it. I like it. All right. Well, with that, we'll get out of here for the evening. Uh, obviously, thank you so much for following along or listening as you do your chores. As I said on Twitter, I did pass the 10K mark two weeks ago, which is pretty cool. I didn't even realize I was doing some numbers and looking it up. I'm like, oh, I had 10,000 minutes podcasting. That's kind of cool. Um, I don't I know how many you days track that is, all your podcasting. I have to, man. I'm a numbers <laughs> dude. But um, again, appreciate you listening to us. I'm Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF, uh, Rocky at Dynasty FF Addict on Twitter. 
I get to get my Twitter handle out there this finally. Week. Come on, <laughs> uh, not not Scott. We're not giving his. Uh, nope. Follow us at Dynasty Junkies. Follow the DAP Network at DAP underscore Network. We're also on YouTube at DAP Network. That's where you're seeing our smiling faces right now. Um, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. If you're not watching us, thank you. You don't need to see our faces. Just listen. It's fun. Um, but definitely rate and review. Send us DMs. Uh, help if you need trades. Tag us and stuff. You know any of us, the pod, whatever you want to do. Uh, and then I always mention it. We just got a bunch of new F mats and a bunch of new find me a trades in from, from some listeners. But if you want yours to come in there too, and it's a, my fantasy league, you might get bumped to the top. If it's not sleeper, cause get us some MFL. MFL <laughs> leagues do get a little preference. I'll be honest. But uh, yeah, with all of that aside again, thank you so much for joining us, Rocky. Thanks to drew for joining us for some awesome auction talk. And uh, I'll let you take us out of here tonight. The rock. Yeah, like you said, thank you to Drew. Like I, I and I mentioned to him before he left that it was great having him on here. Really interesting stuff. Uh, th- thanks to you for taking the air a chair once again. I feel like I never take that anymore. Almost. Uh, so oh, your I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, and very, uh, very much. And Jerry, just see you next time, guys. Uh, Jerry in the chat, Corey in the chat. Thank you, guys. Uh, always great to see comments in the chat um so uh, oh and uh, i did want to mention uh you alluded to it earlier in the show but we will not have a show next week the nfl draft is next thursday night uh we will be doing a i believe as far as i know a deaf network uh live stream uh i believe but i i am hoping to be on it something may have come up recently where i may be more iffy but a lot of us will be on there andrew should be on there i believe russ is going to be on there uh some other people so that should be a lot of fun so instead of junkies there's going to be a dap live stream next week uh draft uh, live draft show and then we'll be back in two weeks uh, the week after the draft with a rookie mock draft that we're uh, still working out some guests for. So uh, I guess with that announcement, uh, with again, a thanks to all the people in the chat, I will say junkies out. Junkies out.